0: welcome to the TV Movie Rewind podcast with Matt and Todd. Hello. Today we are doing the 1995 crime action thriller The Immortals starring Eric Roberts, Tia Carrere, Joey Pantaleone, Chris Rock, William Forsyth, and Clarence Williams III, amongst others. But these are the... Uh, oh, Tony Curtis, I should mention. Tony, Tony Curtis, Curtis, of course. Yes, as, as well.
1: And uh, Kevin Kevin Barnard, who you might not know as a name, but he is actually the writer of this in many movies since. But this was, like I think, his debut as a filmmaker, as opposed to... like He starred in a 100 episodes or something of General Hospital before this. So he was an actor and a reasonably established one. But.
0: Yes. And the director, Brian Grant has like 177 entries on his IMD page, DB page. But it looks like he does mostly music, videos, and documentaries.
1: Correct. And I also want to mention just by name, because he's... Actually, I mean, again, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll go over it, but my take on this immediately is going to be like, I think the acting of this movie is really, really good and elevates it to better than it probably should be. Um, and George Finney, uh, Brian, I'm sorry, Brian T. Finney, who plays George, who is a polarizing character in this movie because his
0: presence doesn't really fit, but he is fantastic as George. (laughs) Yes, this movie has some comedy thrown into the action. It has some really large tonal shifts. Yep. Sort of like Pulp Fiction, though, because Pulp Fiction does as well. You're
1: laughing, you're terrified, like you're not sure whether to hate or love these characters.
0: This is a movie that... Definitely is held together by its characters.
1: Yes, and and again, tremendous acting. Uh, you again, uh, these like not a single one of these guys mail it in, and that's always true. Like Eric Roberts is fantastic. Like he will give you his best, and no matter what the heck he's in, doesn't matter if it's you know something done in your backyard, um, he's always going to bring it. And everyone in this movie, I think, re- really well acted. Like say what you will about the writing or anything else about it, they 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 bring their characters, man. They they really do a great
0: job. Yes, it's – it's um, yeah, if you're not into the characters, you're not going to be into this movie. Right, cause the movie. Right, because mean, the movie is fine, and
1: I think in most respects well written. Well written. I like where it goes. Um, but, yeah, no, it definitely has its flaws. I mean there's a reason why we saw it on HBO initially and not uh, – the Yes, theater. we
0: first saw this on HBO as part of their Thursday Night Prime when they were still doing that. We went in completely blind. And it really it was one of those movies where we were very surprised, like, wow, this was so much better. At first, we were kind of questioning it because there's some odd slapsticky stuff at the beginning. And we were kind of like, what are we watching? But we gave it we we kept through it and we were really pleased by the end of it. It's I mean, it's for better or for worse
1: it's a movie that gets better the worse your expectations are. And we had very low expectations because we are like, yes. okay, we, we can tell right away this is going to be a Tarantino ripoff. And we, w- well, I guess I would have been about 19 or so at the time, maybe 20. And, um, you know... it at least in my head, anyway, it's like, well, if it's not in the theater, it's obviously not going to be good. Like, direct-to-video anything, I tended to avoid and didn't even give a shot. So, in this case, it was more of a question of, it's Thursday, got nothing else to do. Why the hell not? Um, I really expected it just to kind of be there while I probably did something else and ended up actually liking it.
0: Yeah, we well, we had been pretty pleased with what we had seen on the Thursday Night Prime. There were mostly True. action yeah. movies starring Michael Perret or Robert... Zadar, or you know, people who were pretty much known for direct to video stuff, but well, you know, the, we, we we're having fun watching it,
1: right? But I guess, I, I guess, to put it a different way, the most I would have expected out of this was to not hate it. Yes, I didn't expect to actually kind of like it <laughs> at least enough to bring it up on this podcast. You know, this is one of granted, I mean, we're going to be doing this podcast for a while, or at least I hope, knock on wood. But this is one of a relatively short list. Matt, we've seen a lot of movies. And this is, what, number 49 that we'll have done. Uh, So to to Um, be in the top 50 says something.
0: Well, I mean, there were a couple of side episodes we did that weren't about movies. But,
1: yeah. Well, granted. And there are other movies that we decided to hold off on just just because we wanted to give them more attention. But, I mean, nonetheless, we picked this movie out for a reason.
0: Yes. And that says something. Yeah. Yes, this is something that we've always, like, I tried, as soon as I could find it on DVD, I picked it up, and I actually have it. It's on a set with three other, it's it's a set of gangster movies, and it's on there with The Last Days of Frankie the Fly, a Dennis Hopper movie, and uh, Mean Johnny Barrows, which is a 70s exploitation movie starring uh, Fred Williamson, and uh, The Funeral starring uh, Christopher Walken.
1: Wow, I haven't heard of a single... I mean, I've heard of the actors, but I haven't heard a
0: single one of those movies. Yeah, and I, I think most people are going to say the same thing about The Immortals.
1: Yeah, and chances are, if they look it up, they're going to find like uh, either Mortal Kombat
0: or more likely the 2011 um,
1: Clash yes. of the Titans exploitation movie. Yeah,
0: but this is... I mean, and this is... Even if you look it up, it's it's a hard movie to find. Yes. It's yeah. not streaming anywhere. Uh, the last I got mine I off checked, eBay. Um, oh, the last I checked, even Amazon has like one copy of DVD in stock. Yeah, um, I know you could probably find this, you know, to watch on YouTube, and some of you know, people have some of their little sketchy channels, and normally I would not endorse that. But if your movie, if you're not going to make your movie available, other people have to do it,
1: yeah. Um, I think, because, uh, cause like the second time I saw it, like, well, we might have, maybe we, we watched it one more time on repeat on HBO. I can't remember that for sure, but maybe, you know, we might've, um, but no, I, I, had kind of more or less forgotten about the movie or had it like half in my head for a long time thinking, you know, if I ever see that again, I'd like to watch it again. I wonder if it holds up. And, um, as is true for, for many of the movies that we've covered, including Runaway, definitely being one of them, um. It was this movie, and and or movies like this, and Runaway, and and to some extent, some of the the, the lesser known movies we've done on this podcast that um, led me to even go with Netflix, right? Because it was movies where I was just like, I can't remember for sure if I liked them, and I don't necessarily want to buy the DVD for twenty five bucks, but Netflix is going to offer me to check it out for what ten bucks a month. I'm going to do that. So this is one of like a DVD rental that, for all I know, you can still get off of Netflix.
0: If you do as the, a DVD rental <laughs> yeah. yes if you do the the DVD mail-in uh,
1: for all I know they still have it because that's how that was the the more modern way of when I saw it in 2007-ish um, you know 2006 or 2007 before I finally got it again
0: uh, recently off of an eBay listing so with that you know for people who want to try maybe want to try to find this movie and check it out before we start going any further because we'll as usual get into spoilers. And, you know, there are spoilers to be had. This is, you yeah. know, it's not quite as twisty and turny as, say, the usual suspects, but there's twists and turns.
1: And the spoiler, like the big spoiler, is central to the movie. And unlike a lot of spoilers, I kind of like it. Or at least it's not entirely out of nowhere. It's like, I, I kind of get it. I get yes. it. It's 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 clever enough that I actually get it and, and, we'll and get it's, this, obviously. It but is. spoiler warning, like it is, this is a movie with a twist, which is honestly spoiler enough to begin with. And if you're reasonably clever, now I'll be honest with you, the whole twist was a surprise to me uh, when I first saw it. Anyway, it was a surprise to me. Like I thought they actually hit it very well, um, but um, you know, it, it's it is something that
0: you could probably figure out. That and it is revealed at about. Movie, anyway. Yeah. And even knowing, even if we do spoil it for you, it doesn't ruin the enjoyment of the movie. No, not really. No, no. In fact, Um, it might even give you, it's one of those things where you watch it the second time, you pick up on things you might not have noticed the first time.
1: Right. Like it's not as important as, say, the usual suspects where it's really critical you don't know the twist of that.
0: Right. Or um, Sixth Sense.
1: Sixth Sense, or arguably Fight Club.
0: Yes. So anyways, this movie starts off with Eric Roberts is a nightclub owner. And much like um, Reservoir Dogs, he's putting together a crew of, of petty criminals who don't know each other and don't really, I mean, they all seem to know him, but he's putting them together to commit a series of heists. He's he's got brought in eight people and he's picking who they're teamed up with, and they're each gonna go to a different spot somewhere in the city and rob a safe that will have a briefcase full of a lot of money in it. And they're all like, Well, who are we ripping off here? What's going on? It's like, oh, it's it's an over property inventor, you know, and there's gonna be a you know, half a million dollars in each of these briefcases. And what you need to do is, you're gonna. I'm gonna give you these. Um, go out there. You're not gonna know who you're partnered with. You're gonna be in one car, and then everybody needs to be back here at nine thirty with the cases because I'm gonna have a fifth case that has even, you know, like almost five million dollars in it. For- yes. Now these criminals are played by Tia Carrere, Chris Rock, Joey Pantaleone, uh, Clarence Williams III. William Forsythe. Karen, I believe is his name. Yes. Yep. Uh, Kevin Bernhardt, who we mentioned was the writer. Yep. And Brian Robert Finney. T. Finney? Uh, Brian. Brian T. Finney. And at first, everybody's kind of like, oh, like, um, Joey Joey uh, Pants comes off as a bit racist. He doesn't want to be teamed up with one of the black guys. Right. Um, Chris Rock is a bit well, well I don't want to be teamed up with no girl and
1: Right. Um, uh, Brian Finney, he's gay and this is 95. This is 1995. No, Brian, um, oh, no it's not Brian Finney. He, no, actually Brian, that's a difficult one. Um, oh, Kieran Mulroney. I can't Kieran remember his Mulroney is name a, off the top is, of head. A, is a gay
0: character. Carrie. Yeah.
1: Kerry, catch Kerry, that's right. And okay. Really
0: um, uh William Forsythe comes off as a as is a, as a he's homophobe.
1: A <laughs> he's a dick. Well, not he's, only he's, I mean, he's easily the worst of them. Yes, he's a
0: misogynist. He plays a character. Like he's the only
1: one that's a true, true jerk. I mean, they're all criminals, but he's the only one that's like a true asshole. But he plays a character that he seems
0: to specialize in playing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's William Foresight. He's playing William. Forsythe. He doesn't he doesn't always play this character. Not always, no no. He's a good but. actor. He's played this character like he's almost a similar character in uh, Extreme Prejudice. And this is going to be
1: a really tough one to Whit Bissell because like everybody's a character actor.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I've got my Whit Bissell pick.
1: Um, I got a tough. This is a tough one. Like this almost almost the whole movie to me. And so... here's the thing: like as excited as I am about this movie, spoiler alert. Honestly, it definitely is flawed. Like it's got issues, but I still enjoy the dancing.
0: Yes, I enjoyed it. Um, not maybe as not much as when we first watched it, but I still enjoyed it on this rewatch. Yeah, like it's it it
1: almost dares you to like it in certain ways because, like, the the, the dialogue is very 90s, very counter-PC, because this is mid-90s, right? So this is when um, there was was push. And I'm not saying this is necessarily what the movie was specifically trying to do, but at the same time, it's also being clearly very homophobic, clearly very racist, but it is in character, which is important. Like, that's what these characters, some of them anyway, um, are. And that's the point it's trying to make, but it's also pulling absolutely no punches with its language so i guess minor trigger warnings but in a very I, I guess not so much roundabout way like it is essential to the plot but the movie well, kind of doesn't mind that either that you might be a little offended so i
0: i think they wanted us to start out not liking these characters and then correct
1: grow to like them as the movie goes correct and that's my point that's what i'm saying like If you really wanted to just contend this movie immediately for being, "Eh, it's a Tarantino exploitation movie and he did it better then I I get it. And you're technically correct. But I I think this movie, despite its flaws, there's a lot that works here. And I do like the central theme. I think it's pretty clever.
0: Yes. So the first team to hit a, they're hitting a laundromat, which is, you know, got the briefcase is Chris Rock and Tia Carrera. Yes. And at this point, Tia Carrere was hot off of the two Wayne's World movies, yep. and Chris Rock had just done his stint on Saturday Night Live.
1: Yes, and I think he had released maybe his like first, like I, he might have just done like Bring the Pain. Like he he had just fairly recently did one of his major stand up tours that he recorded. I want to say it's probably the first
0: one. I think it's Bring the Pain, but I can't remember. So Tia Carrere gets there, and he's already you know he's in their car, and she looks in and is like. Who's that sitting next to you? And he's like, <laughs> "What? What is that? Your mother? Did you bring your mother to a robbery?" And he's like, "Well, it's her bingo night, and I was supposed to take her." And you know, this, like I said, this this part has some comedy in it for all the the heists. So,
1: right, like they every-
0: go in, and and the, the the movie keeps splitting up. You know, keeps cutting to each different heist going.
1: Each different team, yeah,
0: comically wrong. As comically wrong as people shooting at each other and being shot can be. Right. But, you know, so.
1: Well, again, like think of, um, think of like um, um, Pulp Fiction, right? Where it goes from, you know, Julius, just for, as one example, right? It goes from Julius going through his, like, you know, biblical speech, right? You know, as he kills the guy. And then um, suddenly it's like, is it Frank Whaley who comes running out? Well, anyway, the guy comes running out with a gun. And that's an almost comedic point where they kind of take it off and just kind of look at each other and shrug. Like, yeah. that's definitely what this movie is trying to emulate, are those shifts between, like, real violence, um, true, you know, unlikable characters saying some pretty terrible things to each other, um, or at least half of them kind of more jerks than the other. Um, and then, you know, again, these, like, these comedic moments just trying to keep you off balance.
0: So they go in and... Chris Rock is immediately, like, all offended that he's been had sent here with a woman who obviously won't be able to handle herself. And she proves she can handle herself by pretty much throwing him around the parking lot every time. Oh, yeah, she beats him up. (laughs) Well, she doesn't
1: beat him up. up. She just, you know. Right. Makes a fool of him pretty
0: easily. So they go in and, you know, they manage to get their briefcase. But Tia Carrera is shot and wounded in the hip. But they get away. And we Chris can... Rock
1: is fantastic. I mean, you know Chris
0: Rock is doing a Chris Rock. Yes.
1: He's right. He's playing um I'm trying to think of a good example of um what he I mean, it's stereotypical, arguably, but he's he's um he's he's like a criminal, but I think he's like they tell you at the beginning of the movie like what each of them did. Like his was like check fraud
0: or something like that, because he's trying They're to all run petty arrest all petty criminals. That right. None of these are, are criminal masterminds or hardcore, I you know. I feel like if any of them has more to
1: their backstory, it's definitely William Forsythe. Like, I feel like William Forsythe is probably seedier than it even seems. And the, uh, his charge was statutory rape, which like that probably might've been the lightest thing he got nailed on. Um, the rest of them seem almost victims of circumstance. Well, Billy is hard as a hard one to, to figure out. Like he, he seems like he's almost doing it because it's fun. I guess I'm not really sure. Um, but, um, like, the the most hardened of all of them by far is William Forsyth. The rest, almost, again, are, that seem to be more like circumstantial kind of things. Um, except for, you know, George.
0: Like, George, well, we'll get to George. Yeah. So then we've Sorry. got J- Joey Pants and Clarence Williams. They're hitting a salvage yard. And they're doing okay until they're trying to make their getaway and the car won't start. Yes. But, you know, again, there's, there's some Which is a good scene. stick and, and comedy yeah. between them as they finally pull away. It's a good scene. Uh, we've got William Forsythe and Karen Mul- uh, Mulroney, who, you know, like I said, like and obviously they're all like oh obviously Jack all teamed us up for a reason
1: right like he teamed because... he, he teamed Joey Pants the 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 gangster like racist up with the black guy he teamed up um Chris Rock who has a thing I guess his primary thing is just like a, you know he's a misogynist, right? Uh, I, I guess to simplify it. Well, uh, Not as much as
0: Forsyth, but... Not as much as Forsyth,
1: no. Uh, Forsyth, who is, among other things, extremely homophobic um, with uh, uh, Carrie, who's gay, Kieran Moroni's character. And then finally you have, for whatever reason, Billy Knox and uh, George.
0: And Billy Knox is a guy who was went to law school, is obviously extremely intelligent. Yes. And George you know, obviously he received a head injury at some Something. point in his life. Well, because you see it in his mugshot, he's wearing bandages around his head. I didn't pick up on that. So, oh,
1: yes. okay. I did not pick up on that. That's a good so, eye.
0: So he might have been even shot in sense. the head after a career of being a criminal. I was going to say, because like, do we want to, all right, go, uh, go ahead. Well, let's let's finish off for second because they're, they're holding up a strip club. And foresight is being as disgusting as a pervert as you could possibly be. Yes. And during their mistake, their escape, this is really the only one that doesn't have any comedy to it, really.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Foresight
0: gets shot. The comedy happens as he's, like, dying on the couch. Yeah, (laughs) he's, he's hit with a shotgun by one of the strippers. Yeah. And they end up having to kill a few people getting on their way out. And while he's sitting there bleeding out and and, uh, Kerry is trying to help him up, he's like, no, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. Just get get the door, you know, I'll handle this myself. Right. They get in the car and head away back to the nightclub. He's so homophobic, he doesn't even want to be touched. Finally, we have Billy and George. Yes. And they're holding up a diner. And while Billy's trying to get the cafe manager to open the safe, George is looking at the menu like, wow, look at all these milkshakes you got. And, and it has pointing, to be a nod to Pulp Fiction, right? And how expensive the milkshakes are milkshakes and, are. And he's pointed his gun around. Just, and everybody's <laughs> kind of ducking and weaving. And let me tell you, these cafe people who are there are handling the situation very well.
1: I should have picked up on that. That's a super good point. They are, they are literally of mice and men.
0: So, Billy's trying to control the situation all by himself, get the safe open, get the thing, and George is just seriously along for the ride. Right. He finally gets the... The, the cafe manager's panicking. He finally gets the thing open, hands of the briefcase, and George is like, you know, oh, oh, oh are we going? Yes, George. We're going. And in his kind of, like, can't believe what's going on, Billy managed to shoot himself in the foot. <laughs> and Which is George later confirmed is like, by both of them. You shot yourself in the foot. Yes, I know I shot myself in the foot. All the while, the cafe manager is sitting there between the two of them, like, and... He's good, too. He's been in stuff, too, the cafe manager, right? You reckon? I, I forgot to look him up, but he's been in stuff. Patrick Scott Havens. He's oh, awesome. my Whip Bissell Award winner because oh, he does such a great job here. He he does. He's, he's At great. One point because he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Billy. D- did, did you just use my name? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did he just?" He goes to the cafe. Did he use? He he, he used your name. You used my name, George. George. <laughs> George starts getting upset because Billy's picking on him. George starts crying. He gets up and like, George, where's your gun? George has left his gun over by the cafe manager, who picks up the gun. And very nicely hands it to Billy. Like, hey, I'm not getting, I'm not risking my life. Whatever you guys got, the money. Here's the gun. Hopefully, you're going. Well, unfortunately, just as all this is going on, two cops pull up because it's their. You know, they're like the even the cafe manager's like, oh yeah, that's that's those two guys. They're here every night. Usually, they're here later. You know, so. The cops immediately see what's going on and call for backup. And Billy is now like, okay, George, where are the keys? we got to go get the truck. They parked it out back. You parked it out back. I'm going to go get the truck. George starts crying because he thinks Billy's going to leave him. Right. He's just gonna... You're going to leave me. I'm not going to leave you, George. I'm coming back. I promise you're going to leave me. You're not coming back. i got to come back for you, George. I'm leaving you with the money. Billy gets out. He's under fire with the police. He's shooting it out with the police. He brings the truck around the front, calling for George to get in the truck so they can get away. And the cafe manager comes out the door ducking the gunfire. He's in the bathroom. Everything come out okay, George? You couldn't have gone before we left. And Billy's just to himself, oh, and it was all going so well until now. Right. Right. So they end up, of course, now they're you know almost surrounded by the police. But George gets in; they're in a high-speed pursuit shootout, and uh, man, you got to expect that some of the police had had to have been killed in these horrific car explosions they're getting in. Yes. So while they're trying to lead the police on a chase, because they don't want to obviously leave them directly back to the nightclub where they're all supposed to be meeting Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is doing his own little thing at the nightclub. He's knocking out his own security team by drugging them, mm-hmm. and he keeps getting phone calls from Tony Curtis, who's obviously some sort of mob boss. Yes, and that's when we now find out that he's the one they're ripping off.
1: Now, real quick, Matt, and um, is it Mystery Science Theater? I don't remember if it's them or Rift Tracks, but this movie came out three years before Star Star
0: Games. Good I mean, this was, a <laughs> I mean, I like this movie, but this was obviously the period of Tony's career where he was slumming. Sure, but he does well here. Sure, no, he's fantastic. This. He's, he's doing a good I, job here.
1: Again, this is an, this is a, he. Um, uh, David Grant got fantastic performances out of really good actors in this.
0: But all the while, he, Tony Curtis is calling up Eric Roth. I think saying, fantastic. Somebody's hit all our drop points, and Eric Roth is like, "Wow, gee, that's weird," because. Who would know where all our drop points are? You know, that's... Geez, uh, uh, boy, I would suspect an inside job there, Tony Curtis. Or Dominic, as the character's name is. Right. It's like, well, you make sure you watch the case that's there. Oh, I'll make sure the case... Nothing happens to the case that's here. It'll be here when you get here to pick it up. So... The first... Well, let's just say they all they all except uh, Billy and George make it back.
1: Right, they're not back yet.
0: And, you know, they see that uh, Tim uh, William Forsythe is horribly wounded and and uh, Tia Carrera is wounded as well, but she's doing okay. And uh, Chris Rock is doing almost a stand up routine about how he had to single handedly do everything during his heist because she was a useless woman who just right. got shot and is crying. And he's taking on this guy and he's taking on that guy. And everybody else is listening and laughing like, wait a minute, there was a fourth guy. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a. I, I was getting to the fourth guy. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, like they, 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 know it's bullshit, but they're letting them go because, like the rest of us, they're finding it entertaining.
0: They're finding it entertaining. They're trying to comfort uh, William Forsythe, who's bleeding out, and you know they're also they got to wait for Billy and George, anyways. So Chris, uh, Eric Roberts, like leaves them there to go do do some more some more things, and this is where we start finding out that. These people were picked for other reasons. Now, we know, like Chris, we find out later that the reason Chris, I'm sorry, the reason Eric Roberts paired them up the way he paired them up was because he knew none of them would take the briefcase they were stealing and go off in another direction to just split the money they had.
1: Right. He 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 knew they would
0: keep each other honest, per se.
1: Right, like he we, we we start to find out that he picked specifically petty criminals who were desperate enough to actually do the job, but not hard enough to screw
0: anyone over. Also, he they needed he needed to people who weren't connected enough to know they were ripping off the mob.
1: Right, exactly. He needed people who were gonna be completely
0: clueless as to exactly what they were doing. So uh, Kerry, the gay character goes to, you know, wants to have a little private chat with Eric Roberts, saying like, you know, he didn't want me to touch him. It's like he knew something about me that he probably shouldn't know. And Eric Roberts is like, "Hey, he didn't hear anything from me. I know how to keep a secret." That's one of our first clues.
1: Or one of our first like obvious clues? Anyway, I mean, technically, they give you clues. Yes, more, you know, they do give you they do give you clues.
0: Um, but yeah. Now, and the other thing we're starting to see, too, is that everybody's starting to get along a bit more. They're putting their prejudices and hatreds aside and and starting to find some respect in each other and get along. Right. So soon, while they're still waiting for Billy and George to arrive, Eric Roberts says, all right, I need you guys to all take your positions because the people we ripped off are going to be here any minute. And the next part of my plan is going to go into effect. So as they all go, uh, William Forsythe stops Kerry before he leaves and says, just so you know, the reason I didn't want you touching me wasn't because of you. It's because of me. I had AIDS by sharing a needle and I didn't want you to get any of my blood on you. Right. Which is the only decent thing about this character we've heard so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Kieran accepts that and, and he leaves and then for some reason I guess bleeding out wasn't enough of a hallucinogen for for foresight. He decides he's going to drop some acid while right. he's alone in this in this lounge in the in the above the nightclub. I mean if you're going to go out <laughs> So at this point Kerry pulling in because Kerry knows he has AIDS as well. Right. And he starts questioning everybody. And as it turns out.
1: Oh, and also like just I'm sorry to interrupt you, but really quickly, like William Forsyth goes also goes on to say, like, you know, I've hated gays so much because I felt like it was their fault that AIDS even existed in the first place. But, you know, it goes on to say, like, you know, you're
0: you're all right. And I'm sorry, more or less. Yes. We find out that everybody's got a terminal disease on this team. Correct. Uh, Joey Pants has cancer Clarence Williams has a heart condition.
1: It's revealed it, one by one but yeah. Right. But eventually it, like throughout.
0: We know everybody's and, and you know remember this is 95 when AIDS was a terminal condition you know now mm-hmm. it's it's much more treatable. People aren't staring down you know it's not the death sentence it, wasn't, <laughs> it once was.
1: At least if you can afford it yeah.
0: Well yes it's still not yeah but so anyways, that comes to light, and then Jack used us because we were all terminal and therefore expendable. Right. That's when they also find out, because Chris arrives on scene with his muscle, he's got his hitters with him, and now they realize, oh, crap. And we didn't rip off some overseas real estate investor, we ripped off the, the, the head of crime of the city. Right. this leads to kind of my favorite scene as they all start scrambling. They all end up in the kitchen and, and Eric Roberts is like, that's all right. We're heading out the back. And that's when Eric, Tony Curtis comes in with his, this his guys scene. and says, Oh, going out the back. That's a little amateur, ain't it? And we get what starts off as your typical Mexican standoff with everybody pointing guns at each other.
1: It becomes a chess game. It's fantastic. Yes. I love this scene. I do too. I love this scene. Because... I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and it's done really,
0: really, really well. Eric Roberts starts going, Pete, point your gun at this guy. And Tony Curtis is like, all right, you point your gun at Pete. If he does anything to my, our guy, you shoot Pete. And Eric Roberts is like, okay, Tia, you to cover the guy that's covering Pete. And soon everybody's covering everybody.
1: Right. It's literally a turn-based video game at this point. <laughs> It's great. And
0: yeah, and, and then Tony Curtis is like, ha, I'm the last man standing. And Eric Roberts is like, that would be true if this was checkers. This is chess. And he pulls out another gun, almost aims it at Tony Curtis. Ha! And then Tony Curtis pulls out a gun and puts it in Eric Roberts' face. and goes, ha! Yeah. And all these people, everybody's starting to like, Jack, what are we doing here? What's going to happen? It's like, yeah, oh, don't. That's when somebody, unfortunately, drops a pile of dishes and the guns start going off. Yep. Uh, The only ones killed out. A couple of of the the mob guys are killed outright. Some uh, T is shot again. Joey Pants gets wounded. But everybody's shooting and everybody starts scattering to the winds. Uh, Right. uh, Kerry gets shot the worst but now they're scattering around the nightclub fighting off, you know, having shootouts with the mob people. The nightclubs, people who are having a party in the nightclub starts running for cover. George and Billy finally arrive and as they come in William Forsythe is so high on his LSD, he starts shooting at Billy. Yeah. Shoots Billy in the leg. Billy gets another leg in again. They end up shooting uh, Fourth out of self-defense, killing him. And poor Billy's like, "Ah, that's great. Ah, didn't need to. I don't know what's worse. I got shot in the leg, or I got shot in the leg by one of my own guys. Good that at least it was in the same leg."
1: Yeah, it's not going well for Billy.
0: It's not. No, it hasn't been not a good going night. Well, for Billy and George is still just kind of along for the ride, and you know. They end up taking a hostage, George and Billy, one of the party goers, because now the police have surrounded the building. So things have escalated to the point where these, you know, our our anti-heroes, I guess, are now trapped in the nightclub surrounded by the police, trapped with the mob people that are trying to kill them. So there's shootouts going on all over the place. They all, for the most part, make it back up. To the lounge, William Forsythe is now dead. And again, we're learning more about the people. Like Billy, we learned had you know was t- he's he's living the life of crime now because it's exciting to him. And he mentions that yesterday was the last day of the twelve months he was told he was going to live with his brain tuned. Yes. Yeah. So now he knows he's on borrowed time and just doesn't give any. He's just living life however he wants to live his life. Right. And after a shootout of between Eric, Ro- like, all right, I should get more into that. Eric Roberts has it out with Tony Curtis because mm-hmm. Tony Curtis is confused as to why Eric Roberts would suddenly betray them. Right. <laughs> and, and he tries Eric- to
1: blame it on the Yakuza.
0: Yes. But he's also like, you know what? There's just something has changed and I don't want to do this anymore. He kills Tony Curtis in a shootout and Pete corners him prepared to kill him. Because as we said, they thought Eric Roberts was using them as expendables. Right. And that's when it's revealed Eric Roberts is terminal as well.
1: Yeah. That's a good scene and, too. Where do you think I got the idea?
0: Or how do you think I got the idea? This is where we learn. He's kind of in a, it's almost as, because he, he doesn't expect to live long enough to make any money on this. He's just trying Looking for redemption, I guess. Yes,
1: And he's also, for whatever reason, decided to take these random people that I don't know how he knew them or why, but he's taken these random people, at least half of them, like in the case of William Forsyth and uh, Joey Pantoliano for sure, uh, and to some extent Chris Rock, um, trying to help them find redemption as well before their terminal whatever take them over, or before they die anyway, Uh, which is interesting uh, but I dig it. Like I just kinda go with it. Like if you want to be really cynical about it, you could be like that's dumb.
0: Well during Primarily, the opening I, I enjoy it. <laughs> I think during, it's a cool idea. During the opening we learn a little bit about all these because somebody is hacked into the crime database. Presumably. I him. assume it was yeah. Eric Roberts. Yeah.
1: Right, presumably him, exactly. Uh I guess what I'm saying is why he picked them, I don't really know for sure. Like I then again, well, maybe maybe people with terminal illnesses that there, there aren't as many to go around as I you know,
0: well, exactly. Anyway. Well, he needed criminals. <laughs> yeah. He needed experienced criminals. I guess,
1: I guess it's thankfully a narrower list than I would have thought.
0: He experienced criminals that knew what they were doing, but not knew enough, didn't know each other, but also would play well off each other and right. keep everybody in, in line. Right. So, yeah, he he's kind of like Leon from Midnight Madness, where he knows how to play the game. And oh, that's one way
1: to look at it. Yeah.
0: How to get his players in.
1: That's why we look at it for sure. Yeah. And like, if you're watching this movie and you're going like, oh, like he obviously stuck the people who played against each other, you know, um, that's, you know, that's kind of contrived. And yeah, it is. That's, That's literally why he did it. He 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 did that to 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 see you know uh, for whatever like again it's like a, a weird experiment or whatever he he was finding his own redemption for his criminal life, uh, um, or at least you know for whatever he was trying to find redemption for and, and and felt the same about them so he's like all right I'll tie these guys together and you know maybe they'll get something out of this before they die.
0: Well, during the whole Mexican standoff scene, you know, when Tony Curtis calls him a dead man, he calls him a dead man because he's going to kill him, not because right. he knows Eric Robert's terminal. But Eric Robert has an answer like, you know, it's something about being a dead man that's very liberating.
1: Yes. Right. There's an inter- Exactly. Like, until you figure it out, like, that's an interesting thing to say. Exactly.
0: And we know, like, for instance, Tia Carrera is like... Uh, Kieran mentions that he, he's turned to crime because it's the only way he can afford the drugs for his treatment right. and to avoid the pain. Right. Tia Carrere knows she's going to die, but she's pregnant, she's and she pregnant. wants to leave money for her child. She knows her sister's going to end up raising her child, and her sister has no money, so she wants to leave money for them. Right. Um, like we said, Billy isn't in it for the money. He's in it for the thrill. He's in George it to just live his best life before he goes out. Yeah, George doesn't know what's going on,
1: right? Like I feel like, oh, again, I guess George was chosen be, uh, ultimately because of again narrowing down the possibilities, but also I feel like Eric Roberts wanted to give him some money. Yes,
0: uh, Clarence Williams wants to leave money for his wife. Yep. So there's all like, and and as Eric Roberts, said, like, I needed people who had a little bit less to lose. Because the other thing is, despite the fact that they all know their terminal, they are fighting like hell to get out of this alive. Yes. None of them are ready to give up yet. Right. They're all having purpose still. Like they're all
1: there for a reason.
0: Like you just said. And there's a little ham fisted tension between Billy and Kiernan about that very thing. But again, it doesn't ruin the movie.
1: Yeah, again, I think there are definitely parts of this movie where the writer is trying to show you how cool he is and how clever he is. And for the most part, it works out. And even in that scene, it works out. Like, it's still a good scene.
0: Yes. So now everything's laid bare, and Eric Roberts says, look, I do have a plan to get us. I did fully intend to get everybody out of here, and my plan is still in effect, so if we can all want to, you know, get together... I can get us out of here, you know, past the cops, past Dominic's men, and, you know, we can still split up the money. Let's just say his plan, we, we find out his plan, they go through with this plan, but unfortunately by the end of this movie, not many of the immortals are still alive. No, Whether they, at least one dies due to his health, issues yes most are shot and killed either in shootouts with the police or shootouts with the mob
1: yes um and in but, fact I, I, one of the things too like because i was one of the things i was noticing while re-watching the movie it's like okay we're supposed to like the criminals but they are actively shooting at police but at the end of the day the only one who does is billy who eventually you realize he's really not trying to hit him he's just trying to die no. Because he even doing... says, like, I, can I make this any easier for you as I, as I stand up and shoot? Like, he's not trying to hit them. He's just trying to die. He wants them to kill him. It's really Billy kind of sad. Is lit-
0: Billy is doing suicide by cop.
1: Absolutely. Like, he's doing it the whole way through.
0: And I noticed, like, ultimately, he's... he's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. He's standing up, not under cover, just firing wildly at the police who are, you know, ducking yeah. under his bullets. And but literally yes.
1: says, can I make this any easier for you?
0: Yes. He wants them to shoot and kill him. Right. Um,
1: and that's so an interesting saying, scene too. His how he how he dies. Like that's just I don't know. Like there's, there's more to this
0: movie than it would seem. Yes, because at one point when when they the the few survivors are getting away and they realize one of them isn't with them, Eric Roberts is like, "Look, we got to go, we got to go." And Joey Pants is like, "No, if we get out of this, we all get out together." Yes, and they go back for that person. Do we want to say who gets away? Because I mean, all we have to do is so as long as I we spoiled gets... most of the movie so far. <laughs> yeah. So Tia Carrera gets away because they come up with the theory that well, they had like we said, uh, Billy and Georgia taken a hostage.
1: Yes, one of the strippers, and... and that's actually kind of again, it's funny what you're laughing. This is one of those movies where it's just like it is objectively entertaining and funny, but then when you realize kind of some of the stuff you're laughing at, it's like, huh. <laughs> But yeah,
0: George lets her go and they're like, you just gave away the only hostage we had. <laughs> Someone get her some shit, our, our, our only way of getting out of here. And George is like, we still got her pointing to Tia career. And that's when they all realize, yeah, they don't know she's with us. So they put a jacket on her. They stuff her with money. They pretend like she's a hostage, and they, you know, Chris Rock yells out, "We're sending out another hostage," and you don't get anybody else until you get us a helicopter. And then they send Tia Carrera out the door with a couple of million or however much money they were able to strap it around her, so that she can get away by the police thinking she's being a hostage released. So she's the first one to get away, and she gets away with a good portion of the money. The only ones to make it out of the building are Eric Roberts and George. And that's where we find in the final twist that it was the Yakuza that Eric Roberts was working with to do this whole heist. But like he said, she wasn't in it for the money. Right. And then the Yakuza was like, well, you can take all the money. The families don't want it, but we told you no witnesses. And he says, I said, there was very little chance of anybody surviving, but if they did, they should be able to get the money and go. Well, they right. insist that George, the last survivor, Eric Roberts is going to have to kill
1: because he's a witness. Now, like as far as as far as Eric Roberts's motivation goes, it seems to be most of his motivation is that Dominic is worse than it would seem. Uh, he's probably doing some truly awful things that Eric Roberts has long disagreed with, and now finally has the gumption to do something about. Yes, worse than the Yakuza, apparently.
0: So he is about, and again, it's a very mice and men scene as he's talking to George and putting the gun to the back of George's head and saying, you know, I,
1: it really is. Yeah.
0: I, I want you to know it was my full intention that everybody would make it out of this and get their payoff. And you believe that. And, and he proves it true because he doesn't kill George. He opens fire on the Yakuza and Georgian um, Eric Roberts make it out of the building to an uncertain fate. Yeah. You know, they get away from the yakuza, they get away from the police. Uh, Eric Roberts is injured, but we know they're terminal, so wherever they're going, it ain't for long. Do we know for sure George is? We assume he is. I I have to believe he is. We assume he is, but they never say what it is. No, well, because George can't tell us. Right. But yeah, uh, maybe whatever head injury he had is slowly killing him, you know. But that's where the movie ends, and it's it's an extremely fun watch, and it's an extremely hard movie to find. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's unfortunate because like, it's well, it isn't
1: it isn't it depends on how shady you feel like
0: you it. get comedy, you get drama, you get action. Um, the, the fact that it's low budget reveals itself in certain scenes mm-hmm. like, you know, where we mentioned Billy is shooting it out with the police, he seems to be shooting out with one cop. I mean, the, the building is maybe two, yeah. by. Yeah. So it, it's almost like they can only afford a certain amount of people in these scenes. Yeah. But uh, it's such an entertaining movie. And like I said, everybody gives a full on really, really good performance. Eric, uh, Eric Roberts is entertaining. Chris Rock is entertaining. Joey pants is entertaining. And you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you, again, but what just as each of the characters is killed. You're kind of like, Oh, man, I was hoping
1: they'd make it. Right. Um, uh, and yeah, like that's that's how good they really are. Uh, and each one gets plenty of time. There's no like glossed over character. Each one gets plenty of time. Maybe be...
0: not William Foresight. Well,
1: and, I mean, mm. he's the first to die. And, yeah. and, but again, he's also I mean, if we want to if, if we need to like rank these things, he's probably the most reprehensible of them uh, or, or at least appears to be. Again, we, we don't really know. Like maybe he's just playing more of a tough guy than he truly was. I guess we'll never know. Um, at the end of the day, there was something redeemable in him. Um, and, and again, I do kind of like, as as silly as that aspect may be, I do kind of like it. Like, that's the thing. If you want to be super cynical about this movie, and I don't necessarily blame you, um, I get it. If you want to pick the movie apart and find a lot of things to dislike, I can probably figure out where you dislike them, but I don't even necessarily disagree. But I, I at the end of the day, after repeated viewings, it's probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen it, I really I still like it. I still enjoy it's- it. There's a lot. Of, but I still like it.
0: It's a lot of fun. It yeah, really. Is. It, it, despite it's, it's a lot of what's in there to make it seem like it's not fun. I mean, like I said, cast of people all, all facing terminal illnesses. Yes. So you're like, even if they do make it out of this, what are they? You know, you're yeah. almost like, gee, I hope they make the money and they can afford their, you know, treatments. Or, but at least we know, like, we know. One of the, the bright points is that Tia Carrere has made it out with the money to pay for her daughter. Yes,
1: there's there's a lot there's 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 way more about this movie that works than not. And um, again, I just I, I credit Brian Grant. I mean, well, the writing's good, but I I, I credit Brian Grant with just getting fant- again fantastic performances out of excellent actors. Like these this are all good a, actors, but I mean they they're 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 especially good in this.
0: This is really a movie about the characters and not so much the story. Absolutely. Because the characters hold up much better than the story holds up. Sure. Yep.
1: Yep, I still enjoy them. I still enjoy them. George, I mean, the, the stuff between George and Billy is, is like, yes. you you can again, you can definitely see like this was just a way for the, for the again, Kevin Bernhardt to flex and, and, and show that he could do it. And it does. Like, it's, it works. I mean, I, it's funny anyway. It's entertaining. <laughs> I love those I scenes. almost
0: wondered like when we first saw this, I was looking up like were, were the, the guys who played George and Billy a comedy team to begin with because right. they, they did so well together.
1: The timing, yeah, like George has excellent timing. Um, Brian Finney is – I mean, again, I, I don't want to single anyone out, but Brian Finney is is probably the one that has to like do the most acting, I guess, and he just, he's
0: really good. Yeah, so like I said, my Whit Bissell War winner is um... – uh, Patrick Scott Havens, who plays the the cafe manager.
1: I mean, playing strictly by the rules, he's the um, he. I guess he's the right choice. Playing strict, playing strictly by the but rules. But like
0: you said, almost everybody in this movie is a character actor and not right. so much a you know. And,
1: and it's hard to single one out. It it, it really is. Um, I mean, forced at gunpoint. I, I guess I'm picking Brian Finney. Um, but. Um, the more I think about it, like again, playing by the rules, yeah, no, it's 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 the uh, it's it's the it's the it's the diner owner because his very short scene is still very memorable, and, and, and he does it so well.
0: I mean, again, props to William Forsythe for playing such a slimy, reprehensible character, right? Um, and no, and Eric Roberts, geez, you know when is Eric Roberts ever phoning it in?
1: No, again, he'll 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 act as he'll he'll act his best in literally anything.
0: Brother of Julia, father of Emma. Yep. With over 600 credits to his name, for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. Man like he, makes about 10 movies a year.
1: Um, interesting side note, or I guess interesting to us anyway, side note about Kevin Barnhart. He, he, um, he directed a movie called The Five Aces. I've never seen it, but it stars Charlie Sheen and Christopher McDonald, but also contains... Um, uh, Jamie, uh, what was his name again? Jamie Bosian and David Sherrill, who are Skank and Gutter Boy.
0: You know, it would not surprise me if during this movie he made like you know relationships with all the actors and crew, yeah. and they probably even stayed in touch behind the scenes. Like, oh, I'm doing another movie. You want to? Oh yeah, I'll come be in it. Um, You know, like, like, you know, we said in 95, Chris Rock and Tia Carrere would have been at the height of their popularity.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I remember when we watched it, aside from Eric Roberts, um, the only other person that I could have picked out would have been, again, Chris Rock because of Saturday Night Live and Tia Carrere. Uh, that's about it. And then when well, we watched it, I'm like, oh, I rec- I recognized Williams Forsyth and I recognized Joey uh, Pantoliano, but they were just like, oh, I know them
0: from stuff. But right. I couldn't we wouldn't really... have known them by name, yeah. but we knew them from everything they'd been in.
1: Right. It's like, oh, yeah, I definitely recognize them. I know them from things, I mean, but Clarence, it would have been Tia
0: Carrera and Chris
1: Rock would have been the reason
0: I watched it. Clarence Williams, you know, I know is Link from Mod Squad, but. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even say I've ever seen an episode of mod squad
1: right I haven't even seen
0: the remake of the movie and uh he's in maniac cop 2 but you know that's um, that is what it is uh, Kevin,
1: uh uh so Kevin the only other thing with um or the only other thing I will mention excuse me with Kevin Bernhardt is that uh, he's he's still prolific he's still he's still acting he's still writing he's still producing he's still directing um, I haven't seen really any of the stuff that he's done. It looks like it's a lot of uh, lesser lesser known stuff, but he's still up to
0: this day. But you know, like we we find that like movies like this and I Come in Peace that we saw on Thursday Night Prime tend to be, you know, they deliver. Yeah, this one definitely did. Um, it's almost like the DiGiorno pizza. You know, it's a frozen pizza. You know, it's only going to be so good. Wow, it's pretty good for it, what it is, it, you know. It, yeah, I'm, like, not, I'm not fooled into thinking it's delivery, but it's pretty darn good frozen pizza.
1: Well, I, I mean, again, when we first watched this movie, I had really no expectations, right, at all. Um, and and again, twenty year old me at the time was only familiar with Eric Roberts not being in very good things. Um,
0: hey, and- we had seen him in Ambulance before this point.
1: Exactly, you know, and um, so it was just like I had no expectation, and it's like, oh, okay, that was pretty good. The, The other times I wanted to watch it was just to know, like, okay, now that I do have expectations, now that I do think this is supposed to be good, is it still good? And it still is every time I see it.
0: Yeah, I don't think, you know, on the rewatch, I don't think it held up quite as much as I remembered liking it, but I still really enjoyed it. You know, and that's the thing is anytime you watch a movie, you know, third, fourth time, fifth time, that's when you kind of start seeing some of the weak points. Yes. You know, you look at anything long enough, you notice like, oh, there's a crack there and, you know, there's a there's a little weakness there. But, you know, your first time watch through is just a lot of fun because you get into the movie.
1: Well, For me, I think it was more of a case of I was trying to look at this a bit more critically and objectively than the other times that I had seen it. And that's probably right. the only reason why I have some, like, misgivings about it, um, which are fair. But, yeah, and I think that, that's about it. Like, it's still, I, I don't know, I, I, I enjoy this movie. But, I do obviously, recommend. I assume you do, too, but I do obviously recommend
0: it. Oh, I do as well. But, like I said, when, when I was rewatching, I was like, why did he team these people up together? Was he setting them up to fail? Yes. But then they explain it exactly he explains yeah. why he did that
1: I, and that's know? and that's that to me that's good writing like i because I, I have the same thing and it's just like oh he's just doing it for this reason uh you know me, he being the writer right like oh he's just trying to like offend us because it's the 90s and 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 that's what they did in pulp fiction you know they made it kind of violence and a lot of like racist stuff but um uh you know and, and that's what it felt like at first and then you realize okay i guess he does have a reason or okay so that's that is why he put them together like it's pretty clever
0: and Eric Roberts certainly seems like he's having a great time doing it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, again, going back to the acting, like, the acting really does elevate this movie. It's it's so
0: well acted. All right. So, um, any recommendations to go along with this? I mean, it's kind of hard because it's a little. It's a genre film. So, like, if yeah. you're a
1: crime, if you if you're a fan of Tarantino movies, if you're a fan of like you know fun, uh, you know. Um, Oh, I just blanked on his name. Um, Guy, Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah, you did. You, you. That was weird, man. You pulled well, it out no, of my head from ten miles away. But yes, like that. Like if you're a fan of thinking, Snatch, you know, uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah.
0: I was thinking Guy Ritchie myself because this has a lot of. Because Guy Ritchie has a lot of dark tone, but a lot of comic, comedic tones. Yep. Those those movies have some comedy aspects and. I I think this probably predates any of Guy Ritchie's films.
1: I'm not sure how old Lock, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is, but it certainly predates Snatch, which is my favorite of his. Yeah, I I, I
0: absolutely love that movie. I don't want to put The Immortals on the same level as a Guy Ritchie film.
1: No, certainly not. But it's got
0: that. If you you enjoy the Guy Ritchie films, I think you'll enjoy this movie. This is almost like... um,
1: Yeah, I mean, watch the trailer. You'll know the genre immediately, and either you're into it or you're not. Yes. Like, it's, this is not going to be something that's going to... Well, maybe it will, I guess. Or maybe I'll underestimate it. But, like, this is not necessarily something that's going to, like, break through and would have made, like, hundreds of millions of dollars in the theater. But it's... Been- no.
0: No. It wasn't a light your world on fire type yeah, of movie. Yeah, it's but not it's one fiction, of those. right? It's or, one of those, like, you, you, you go and watch and not expecting much, but you're really pleased by it. Yep.
1: And I'm continually you, pleased by it. Like, I, every time I've seen it since, I still enjoy it. It's a very entertaining watch. Yep. It's worth seeing just for the... Uh, again, I think the performances are worth seeing.
0: Yes. So, yeah, that would be our recommendations is the Guy Ritchie films. Sure. And I'm sure I could think of probably something else. Because, you know, like some of it, you know, and again... Well, anything inspired by
1: them. Again, I mean, we mentioned Pulp Fiction. That's an obvious one, right? And then, you know... Um, but anything inspired by those... Inspired but Inspired by those movies.
0: Not to put it on the level of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. But, again, you have,
1: like... <laughs> There's that sort of like, yeah. There's that difference between you know violence and then there's like you know you think you do enough. Comedic dance, gant- yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, George and Billy that made me think of some of what should Sundance. Yeah,
1: and this this movie, unfortunately, uh, Immortals does not feature
0: Burt Bacharach, which sucks, but it's still good. What can you do? What can you do? All right, so I guess uh, you got anything else to say?
1: No, um, other than again, I, I recommend it. Um, you know, watching it again under a more critical lens, specifically for this podcast, I did definitely notice some stuff, but it's I don't know. I still enjoy it, and um, I'll definitely watch it again. Like this, this is not going to be in heavy heavy rotation, but it'll absolutely be a movie where I'm just like glancing over my DVDs. So, I'm well, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a good Saturday afternoon. Like we've you know we we have that category before. It's a really good Saturday afternoon popcorn or or you know Friday evening or Saturday evening you know kind of popcorn movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you've seen, you know, you, like you're in the mood for something you haven't seen before maybe or in the mood for like a crime thriller but does, doesn't necessarily have to have a dark tone. It's Yeah. And it's, 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 it's quick, it's breezy, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's well-paced. Uh, it's well-paced with good energy, absolutely. Like, like you won't be falling asleep. It's not a huge investment. It's a good like pop in and watch. It should be on Netflix. I'm kind of surprised like some streaming service like Netflix or Amazon hasn't jumped on it because I think it would do pretty well
0: there yeah I was really hoping I would find it there because I think this is is this movie is an undiscovered gem. not not a perfect gem, but an undiscovered gem.
1: maybe maybe we could use our TV movie Rewind Clout with um uh, and, and, and and entice Shout Factory into doing something. Well, it know, could be it a does, fun cover they could make a fun cover out of this.
0: It, it does seem that every now and then we'll we'll mention we'll bring up one of these like Wraith and Beastmaster. And all of a sudden, I'll see like, oh, this uh, Kino Lorber or, you know, one of the other I, is putting it out on disc. And I'm like, yeah, I know they it had nothing to do with us. But coincidentally enough, there it is. It's out on Blu-ray now.
1: Maybe, maybe we can get Kino Lorber to do something. It's just to produce the damn movie. It doesn't even have to be all that fancy. <laughs> just, just like make the movie available.
0: Vestron. I think it was Vestron that did the Wraith Blu-ray just a few weeks after we had, we had done our episode. Yeah. Alright, so I guess the last thing we need to do is connect this to the Magnificent Seven and the easiest way I could think of was uh well I was thinking first like well Eric Roberts has like six hundred and fifty <laughs> right. films, but I couldn't think of anything and then I was like, Oh wait, Tia Carrere was in Okay True Lies with Schwarzenegger. She was? Yeah, she's I haven't the one... seen the
1: movie in a while, so
0: she's one of the villains. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: so she one was one of the glass in... spiders' henchmen, I guess, or Desert Spider, or Desert it was. spider. Yeah. Why is he
0: called the Desert Spider? Because it sounds probably, cool. probably because it sounds scary, yeah. So, yeah, and she gets uh, she's hanging on to Jamie Lee Curtis while they're going over the the bridge <gasps> oh, and... okay,
1: yes, wow, okay, yeah, well, we're, yeah,
0: man, you have such a better memory than I do for those. Well, True Lives is a good movie, though, not it one of my movie. favorites. It's way down on the Schwarzenegger list of movies, but it is a good movie. It
1: is a good movie, but it's been probably not, probably since not long after it came out
0: since I've seen it. So, anyways, to your career to Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger was in Eraser with James Coburn, who was in The Magnificent Seven. Oh, right. All right.
1: Awesome. That was quick.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm actually repeating myself on the, you know, Schwarzenegger, James Coburn, but. I yeah uh, yeah well maybe All right well I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh you can follow us on tw- Twitter at moviematsoirce all one word and on Instagram at moviematsoirce all one word. We thank you for listening and we hope you to come back next time.
1: Thank you everyone.